Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of The Boundless Show. Lisa Anderson here with you. And uh, we're kind of heading out of June, which is a little bit of a bummer. Um, One more week, so we're going to hold on strong. But later on for our show, um, in the inbox, we have a girl who is struggling to connect with people at her church, even though she has been going there for five years. And she's wondering, do I need to kind of give up and change churches? What does this look like? So our friend Josh Zychik is going to offer some insight on that. And then for our culture segment, I'm sure you want to share your faith with your non-Christian friends, but you don't really know how because it just seems kind of weird. So we have Pastor Jay Benson and my friend Jill Hill here. Um, They both are very involved in uh, different pursuits around evangelism in their communities. And Jill even grew up in the church, the daughter of a pastor, and still didn't even get saved uh, until she was an adult. So interesting, interesting stories. So stay tuned for those. Okay, here we are for our roundtable. And we thought it would be fun to have a conversation around different ways that guys and girls communicate that they like each other. So Hmm. um, all of you who feel (laughs) like either you haven't done that or you haven't done it well or you don't even know, lean in because we're going to share some insights from Georgia, Bailey, and John. Hey, y'all. Hey. Hi, Lisa. Welcome. Okay. Hey, hey. Um, I am preparing for this to get awkward. I hope it does. Um, <laughs> Bring it because on. Because I would yes. just love to hear insights. I know my own weirdness around mm-hmm. this. Um, and so let's go ahead and uh, and jump right in. Um, all of you three are single, as in like, you know, marital status single. Yes. Um, you know, though, dating here and there and whatnot. But let's go ahead and talk about this. What do you guys think? Let's jump right in. What are some of the common mistakes? Let's just start off with ourselves that you've seen yourself make in this arena, because I'm sure we can call out everyone else. All the women think like, it's guys who are the problem. They just don't even do it right and whatever. And then guys Pretty are like, much. women are so messed up, you know, whatever. So everyone wants to blame everyone else, but let's point the finger at ourselves first. Okay, who wants to go? All right, a little bit of a confession. So <laughs> college, you, John. college John was very guilty of Facebook stalking mm-hmm. a few times without That's actually awesome. just asking a simple question, hey, can I buy you coffee sometime? Yeah. So admittedly, the Christian school I went to put a lot of pressure on us to get married before we graduated. But at the same time, I think I internalized that a little bit too much. And that if I really liked a girl, I immediately went from, she's cute to, oh my gosh, she has to be the one, Mm -hmm. as opposed to just taking a step back and saying, maybe I should just go on a few dates and just try to build a friendship. So what were you doing, like back-end research on her in the meantime, (laughs) or how did this play out as far as what you were finding out about her? It would start off that way, but (laughs) it would end up being, oh man, I think she's really pretty. I wonder, let me check her relationship status and see if she's still available, and if it didn't say she was in a relationship, then I would take that as, oh, maybe she is available. Okay. (laughs) That is so funny because that reminds me of another guy friend of mine. I don't know. Ladies, you're going to have to tell me if this has been the case with you as well. But he was very much like he would just have this relationship with a girl in his head and be like following her on her social and all this kind of stuff. 
And then it was like a year later when he finally mustered up the energy to ask her out mm-hmm. and the confidence. And then she was oh, like, gosh. oh, no, thanks. And then he was just devastated because he dated her for a year <sighs> in his head. So I'm like, what's that about? You know, that's a yeah, uh, yeah mm-hmm. that's exhausting. So. Yikes. All right, mm-hmm. Bailey, how about you? Um, I feel like there are two things that I really struggle with. One would be extreme overthinking, like to the point where I self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. So if I don't hear from him, like texting over a certain amount of time, or if I read into something that he said, and then I just kind of go down the spiral of, oh, well, maybe he doesn't like me, or maybe this is all in my head. And so then I start pulling back and um, self-sabotage myself that way. And then another way would be allowing myself to fall into the trap of saying things over text that I wouldn't say Mm. in person. (laughs) Like if I'm like, oh, yeah, like, oh, I really like you, but I can't say it in person, then I shouldn't be saying it over text. Mm -hmm. And I shouldn't be saying, oh, you know, you look so handsome if I can't say it in person. So I think it's just been learning how to make sure that I could say it in person and actually saying it in person first before Mm -hmm. I say it over text. So I'd say those are the two main things I've struggled with. Okay. How about you, Georgia? Yeah, I struggle with being indecisive, so that's awesome. Um, For guys, they don't like that. (laughs) Um, uh, Well, give an example. What does that mean? Um, I think being indecisive in the fact that when guys would, you know, approach me and be like, oh, I I like you, can I take you out on a date? I'd be like, yes. And then I'd be like, actually, no, just kidding. I'm actually not ready for a relationship. (laughs) And then going back and being like, hey, so I know I told you I wasn't ready, but actually, could we, like, do that whole date thing? And then, like, go on the date and be like, yeah, so upon this date, I realized that I don't think I'm ready for this. And then, you know, just kind of going back and forth, like, not knowing and being so nervous about the whole thing that I'm like, oh, well, I just ruined it. So that's great for me. Um, And or settling. Come on, ladies. You've done that before. (laughs) Classic. So I think that's another thing where I'm like settling for the wrong person because I'm like, they like me and that's amazing. So clearly we're meant to be. But then it's like, just because he's nice and a cutie doesn't mean that he's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you can just fix him, right? Can't you just fix him? With enough prayer and sunscreen, we can can fix any man. <laughs> oh my goodness okay that's pretty hilarious um you're officially gonna get the hot mess award of this round table for the indecisive thing alone that is totally hilarious um that's funny although i will say i will throw my hat in the ring because m- one of my biggest errors in dating has been um because again ladies we know this works you act like you don't like a guy at all and mm-hmm. then that means that you like him and he's going to pick up on that and be like <laughs> she's so mysterious and interesting mm-hmm. why don't i ask her out because she never <laughs> talks to me and is never even around me so um that is probably why i'm still single and so i just have to admit that so yes a total total issue there i would say that's pretty um pretty hilarious so okay so you know you've seen that happen have you been able to like I mean again do you think some of it has come down to the inability to communicate intentions or feelings or do you think I mean where why do we first of all why do we have all this awkwardness like you think that everyone's out there dating people eventually find people I mean people have gotten married (laughs) why do we act like it's this like insurmountable thing like it's going to take some kind of you know witchcraft to make it happen or something Mm -hmm. but um where do you see like how how is that coming about I think for me one thing I've really noticed as I've been like really yeah like thinking through this is I think it's a fear of rejection on my Mm. part I think that I, 
in my head think that, oh, why would they want to be with you type thing. So I'm like, okay, well, if I don't think they'd want to be with me, like, then that's kind of scary. Like, if I put myself out there, put my heart on the line and get, you know, kind of hopeful that things could happen, and then they're like, oh, no, well, I don't have the same feelings. Like, it hurts and it's scary, and that rejection just really, you know, affects you. So I think on my part, it would be a fear of rejection and just learning how to get over that and being like, you know what, life is short. If I like him, I should just tell him or at least become friends with him and show interest because you never know, it could be the person. And mm-hmm. fear of rejection shouldn't stop us from trying. Hmm. Yeah, I think I've definitely seen it in a way where I do wonder, like, okay, well, if he's not the one, then will I ever find the one? Mm -hmm. And making it to be the most important thing. um, And to me, I've just kind of realized it's just not that deep. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. And it just, it's not as deep as you make it out to be. And I think the older I've gotten and the more, you know, dates and stuff I've gone on, I'm like, it's just not that deep. And it's okay to just go out, have dinner with someone and have a good time. It doesn't mean everything you know it can mean a lot but it doesn't mean everything and I think I put a lot of weight into that because I was afraid or I used to be afraid that man if he isn't the one then am I ever gonna find the one will anyone ever like me again like that kind of thing which sounds very dramatic but your brain can make things out to be so much bigger than they need to be and so sometimes I just have to tell myself if I'm going on a first date or a second date you know what it's not that deep I'm Mm -hmm. just gonna go on go out have a nice time this is a great guy Okay. Mm -hmm. And if we end up just being friends, great. And if it goes to be something longer, great. But it's just not the deepest thing, you know? Okay. Uh, I totally agree with what both of y'all were just saying. And some of it, too, might just honestly be maturity. Mm -hmm. I I have found that in the area of dating, I've gotten much more relaxed as I've learned to just find my identity in the Lord. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, another person can only give you so much. Mm -hmm. So if you're constantly putting um, all of your expectations on what another person thinks about you, Mm -hmm. then that's going to just ramp up the fear inside your own soul to Mm -hmm. a point where maybe you can't even function anymore. And so the more I have just said, you know what, regardless of what this person thinks of me, my identity is still in Jesus Christ at the end of the day. And so therefore I can just relax and have a good time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. And the fact that, you know, there is some, I think it was either my grandma or someone's grandma who told me, she kind of used to say this thing, like there's a lid for every pot, which Mm -hmm. I feel like, okay, that's a little bit overplayed. I'm not totally (laughs) convinced that that's true. But there is like, I mean, some people will be like, oh, that's kind of weird. Or that's where, you know, I'm not, maybe I shouldn't show that side of myself. But you never know. I mean, again, God, puts people together for a reason and you shouldn't be someone you're not for the sake of impressing someone absolutely okay so that said let's give the opposite sex some help here so (laughs) speaking on behalf (laughs) of your own gender let's say what are some of the things that you just think i mean maybe john we'll start with you this time what are some things that that ladies should pay attention to that you know as you talk with your buddies you're kind of like they tend to be common themes of just stuff that guys are into. I need you to not say just wear pink and teach first grade. Okay. <laughs> like I have, because <laughs> we know that if it's going to be, if you're going to make assumptions or stereotypes about people, mm-hmm. that's just going to be frustrating. But there are some things that are just naturally more attractive. So give us a couple examples. Something I would say is very attractive to a guy is a woman who is a genuine encourager. Hmm. Um, it's funny because as guys, a lot of times we might be 
the type who really just wants to dig our heels in and be the tough guy and get lots of stuff done and have big muscles and things like that. But truthfully, deep inside of us, there's a little boy who longs for his heart to be cherished, to borrow a quote from Pam Farrell. (laughs) And one thing I have found is that when we're encouraged by a woman, it just, man, it just lifts us up in a way that is hard to describe, that not even our guy friends can encourage us that way. Hmm. Um, so a woman who is a genuine encourager will come across as very attractive to a lot of Christian guys. Okay. That's so funny you say that because I, okay, whereas my failing was just um, being, going incognito or whatever around men, I had a friend who felt like her best entree into getting to know guys was to offend them. And oh, so oh. <laughs> she saw that as her tactic of being no. like super sarcastic, super dissing. I even went to a book signing with her one time with a reality star signing his book. And her first comment was just like, your book is terrible. And let me tell you why. And yeah, it didn't. Oh. I don't know if she thought like he was going to ask her out after that oh, to, no. <laughs> to learn more, ladies. I'm sure he wanted oh. to learn more. But no, that didn't work. So that's a great point, John. That's good. Mm-hmm. All right, ladies, what would you say? What would be a, a tip to guys as far as like being that person to stand out to women? I think being intentional. I think um, that is kind of like underappreciated, um, but it's something that I always really notice in guys. Like if they take the time to be like, how are you doing? How is your day? What's your job like? Just taking the time to like get into those details Mm -hmm. really means a lot to me because it makes me feel like they want to know who I am. They want to know like what I'm about and what makes me tick and what I like and what I don't like. So intentionality is just a huge thing. It just shows that they care. And being a good question asker. Yeah, obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, that sounds good. I have a friend who was lamenting and she's very introverted and, and not she would say she's not a great conversationalist so this was hard for her going into the date anyway but the guy just talked about himself the mm. whole time never yeah. even asked her a question yeah. about her and she's no. like are you interviewing for a job or what What's going on? <laughs> so yeah needless to say it didn't work out but yeah. how about you Georgia yeah I think being honest and taking the lead because as far as the dating sphere goes it is frustrating when you know, these Christian men aren't honest about their intentions. So I guess kind of was Bailey, what Bailey was saying, just going to be like intentional and not playing games. Cause mm-hmm. I think that's really hard for girls' hearts. It's confusing. And, yeah, it's super confusing. And then I think mm-hmm. taking the lead, especially for myself, I'm very extroverted. I am a leader and um, I do take the lead on a lot of things. And so it's really nice when there's a guy who is willing to kind of go up to the bat and take the lead on things because it can be frustrating when you're dating and you're trying to go on dates and they're like, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, just, can you plan it for me? Can you just, I plan everything. I do, I do it all the time. You plan the date this time. You know, I think that's really nice. And again, it just sets the intention of, okay, he really cares because he's taking the time to plan dates and uh, plan these things out. So I think that's really important. It doesn't have to be big either. I think no. a lot of guys become afraid that, oh, well, if it's not, if I don't take her out to this fancy restaurant or if I don't take her to this, like, big experience, it's not going to be special. But girls just, like, love thoughtfulness. So mm-hmm. if it's something small like, hey, let's grab our favorite snacks and go watch the sunset or let's go dance or something, like, little things like that just mean a lot. just shows, again, the intentionality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's weird. I mean, I I would say both guys and girls, no one wants to be in a situation that they feel awkward or uncomfortable in. Mm -hmm. Like you want to do, you want to feel like you're doing something where 
you are comfortable, you can be yourself, you know, no one wants to go and and be like, you know, hey, let's uh, on our first date go ice climbing. And, you know, (laughs) only 70% of people die from this every year. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, it almost seems like some kind of overestimate and make the grand gesture try to over plan and stuff Mm -hmm. rather than just like let's just do something where we can both feel like we can win at that I think that would be a Mm -hmm. good plan okay Mm -hmm. what are some other um ways because you guys have kind of touched on this a little bit but ways to just communicate interest in a person without making it seem like you're giving a big speech but you're also not being super like shady or passive about it you know because i i mean personally i just hate the whole well we should uh hang out sometime oh oh yeah and then it's like we should Goodbye. but what does that even mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> when guys do that that is a that is a red flag i'm like no because again i think that's the biggest thing where it's like just be honest like if you want to just hang out i need to know is it as friends or is it hanging out with the intention of potentially going on a date it just it's that's mm-hmm. frustrating that's my yeah. least favorite line i'm like the what <laughs> yeah. what are you saying to me it's so. like just change the language just a tiny yeah. bit like i said like let's hang out to me is just friends but mm-hmm. let's spend some time together when can i see you let's go do something that shows a little bit more of i'm interested in you potentially as more than a friend yeah mm-hmm. yeah and almost like the would you be willing to or would you have time you know mm-hmm. it would be fun yeah. to you know would you have time to do you know, it just makes it sound a little more like established of Instead like it's of not just totally kind of- random like i'm gonna you know corral 15 of my best friends and we're all going to do this together (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know what do you think john yeah if somebody is genuinely interested then i personally i know as guys we tend to be very direct in our communication Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's just best if a if if it's a girl just Mm -hmm. come and tell us Mm -hmm. um one thing that guys really struggle with and myself included is if a girl is interested then she might be dropping hints and I may not be catching it. Mm -hmm. Um, That's happened to me a couple of different times. I'm thinking of one time where my brother is very good at catching relational cues. Okay. And um, I remember one time we saw a friend of ours, uh, actually a friend of mine out in public. And uh, my brother said to me after the fact, did you realize that girl was begging you to ask her out? And I'm like, no, I I didn't. <laughs> and um but he was picking up on body language cues and stuff she was saying mm-hmm. and that was kind of a um it it was a two-folded thing that I realized that maybe I need to be more intentional about picking up on relationship cues, but sometimes it's helpful if girls are just yeah. willing to come out and tell a guy, I'll be frank with you, I'd love it if you'd ask me out sometime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think yeah, that's that's, that's hard. That's Mm -hmm. a hard thing, though, yeah. because especially like as women, I think, and I know it gets a little spicy, but I know a lot of times (laughs) in the church, people are like, women are not the leader of the relationship. (laughs) And so I think it's hard because you're like, okay, well, do I tell this guy that I like him and face rejection um, and then face this like kind of awkwardness of is he like not into my boldness that kind of thing I think that becomes difficult because we would love to just go out and be like yeah you're awesome I like you but then there's this other aspect of at least in the Christian dating sphere any guy that I've told that was a Christian that I liked him he was automatically like 
turned off by my like mm-hmm. boldness and so that's that for me has made me kind of jaded so I'm more subtle with my approach now I'm like okay I might nudge your shoulder if you say something funny I'm like oh you're so funny and give a little shoulder nudge you know <laughs> just because when I have been bold it didn't turn out the way that I had I had hoped and so I think that 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 is one aspect of being like a Christian woman where there's this kind of dichotomy of like well some Christian men say that they love a girl who's bold and then you might say the wrong tell the wrong one and then he'll be like okay I'm completely turned off by that and so it just kind of gets frustrating as someone who would do that and it hasn't gone well yeah Yeah. it's interesting because I've had I've actually had a few guys um in the not so distant past kind of come and ask me like okay Lisa if I want to ask her out like what should I like should I just put something in an email or what is it you know what should we try something in a group first should we try and it is surprising how like it is guys agonize more than I think women think about Mm -hmm. how they should say something and when they should say Mm -hmm. it and the timing and it's very hard for them to maybe do an ask in front of a bunch of people if Mm -hmm. they're in a group thing and so I think it is um like John to that point what would you say would be your advice for women like what are what are ways that women can communicate interests that guys actually would pick up on short of, you know, I don't know why you haven't asked me out yet, but that's just really ridiculous. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, that could, that definitely is direct, like you mm-hmm. said, John, but um, what would be other ways? Because I think women think that the ways that we're communicating things or trying to quote unquote flirt, we think it's super obvious. And then mm-hmm. guys are just yeah. like, totally yeah, I'm like, I don't yeah. know how much, I don't know how much more I can do. Yeah. yeah. I've been laughing at every joke and they're not that funny. Yeah. <laughs> keep laughing, Georgia. Just keep laughing. This okay. is going to sound so simple, but I have really appreciated it when women have straight up just told me, I really like you. Yeah. Oh, okay. And there wasn't anything else to it. There wasn't anything any expectation tied to it or any kind of flirtiness with it, but just a straight up really polite. Hey, I, I like you. Okay. Um, I know that sounds simple, but honestly, in a guy's brain, it it goes a long way. Okay. What about like, you're going to make a great husband someday. And I really hope it's to me. (laughs) Uh, Depends on how long you've been friends for. (laughs) Okay. That might be a little bit. You've been friends for two years, maybe, but less than two years. I don't know. First date, you're like, yeah. God told me. Okay. Oh, Oh, that's the worst. So what? (laughs) It's the God told me you're the one for me. And Mm -hmm. no. He didn't tell me that. I'm like, funny because uh, I didn't see an angel in my dream. So. (laughs) Okay. So last, I mean, under a minute, you guys just give a a final thought on what would be your advice to people who, you know, I I know, John, even before we started taping, you had talked about how men sometimes are resistant to growth and change or self-improvement or whatever. Um, women, like we all think we're great. And, and like I said at the beginning, it's all guys problem. What are just some things that we can be aware of or that we can be careful of as we're trying to make a great first impression with someone? I would say just like, don't let, don't let them be confused. Like if you do like them, if you want to spend time with them, just tell them it's kind of scary. Yes. But at the same time, if they don't have the same feelings, then at least you know that then you don't have to be agonizing over it and overthinking it. Then you're like, okay, well I can move on even though it hurts. And if they do like you, then that's awesome. Then you can start moving forward and it's, it makes it worth it. So I would say, yeah, just be bold. It's scary, but just trust that God has a plan and mm-hmm. just 
go for it. You mm-hmm. never know what could come out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think on both sides, just like we were, you were saying, just being honest um, with one another. But then I think for the ladies out there, I just would be encouraged with if he wanted to, he would. <laughs> and I think and that goes for guys, too. Like if she wants to and desires to be with you, like she'll make that clear once the time comes. And once you say you want to go out with her, but like just don't waste each other's time, mm-hmm. because I think that that is really hard when you're kind of in this flirt game, but there's no intention of taking it anywhere else. And then it's like, well, you're just wasting each other's time. And there's there's other people or there's other things you could be filling your time with. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just being honest with one another and setting intentions. Yeah. And for the guys out there, I would really just encourage them, learn to be a good listener. Mm-hmm. Um, that is huge with communicating with women. Uh, you mentioned a situation Um, where you were talking about a guy who just wanted to talk about himself recently. Mm -hmm. I actually experienced that Mm. in a friend setting recently where I was sitting in between two people and this guy and this girl I both knew had never met each other. Mm. And the whole time he just wanted to talk about all the bad stuff that was happening in his life. Mm. And what was really sad is the girl was watching and paying attention and trying to listen to him and trying to be sympathetic. But it got to a point where she couldn't even talk about what was going on in her life. Hmm. And this amazed me when I saw this. She got up from the conversation and said, I'm going to go get some food. And when she came back, she sat down with some other friends. Oh, And that was Hmm. kind of a big wake up call to me when I saw that happen. I thought, wow, women just want to be listened to. Yeah. And uh, that would be something I would encourage my guy friends to do is it's it doesn't come natural for us because we're problem solvers, mm-hmm. but learn to take a step back and be a good listener for girls as you're yeah. learning to communicate with them. And who knows, maybe you'll be listening to your wife someday. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's so great. And I think it, it definitely goes both ways. And I, I think some of that and some of what you guys communicated comes down to what's commonly called EQ. Mm-hmm. And I think people have, they everyone thinks they have a higher EQ, you know, an emotional intelligence than they do. And it just, I mean, sometimes it takes straight up reading a book on EQ and figuring that out. Sometimes it may take, you know, practicing conversations with another person, asking hard questions like, do you find that I often talk about myself? Do you find that I'm not a good question asker? We actually have several blog posts on Boundless about how to ask great questions and even giving suggested questions in that arena. Um, And then also just be that person who's not just about one thing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we can get so singularly focused. Um, So, you know, be about something other than your tech than about hunting or cryptos or Christian historical (laughs) fiction, ladies, Um, you know, (laughs) that you can talk about a variety of subjects and listen and learn and be curious. I think that's going to start out and get you a long way in being an interesting person that people want to get to know. So, well, you guys, great thoughts here. And thank you so much for weighing in. This was really fun. Thanks, Lisa. Every morning Cause you are faithful in every way 
For this week's culture segment, uh, we are going to talk about loosely, let me just say evangelism, but before you freak out, uh, stay tuned because we're going to talk about it in a very uh, fun, relatable, and winsome way. Fortunately, I have two great guests to do just that. I have got Jay Benson, who is a pastor. Um, he's a speaker. He actually uh, leads a group. Those of you, in fact, I know some of you know of the Alpha courses. Um, Alpha, you've, I, I've heard from some of you who have said you've gone through that. And so he's one of the leaders here in Colorado doing that. And um, yeah, just really is... Uh, 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 he's a friend of John, our producer, and so has a lot of uh, great ways that he's been in relationships with folks here in our city. And then I also have Jill Hill, um, who actually is uh, owner-operator at Branch Construction, a construction company here, um, and as well as leading uh being a leader within a group called Christianity Explored. And many of you know that because I've had Rico Tice here on the show before. And uh, and so through story and through experiences, we're going to talk through um, some pretty cool themes today. So welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Good to have you here. Okay. So, you know, I kind of like Led. I always try to, you know, I don't know if that's a bait and switch or whatever, but say like, it's going to be so scary, and then we're not going to be scary. So uh, talking about really being in relationship with other folks, and through that sharing who Christ is, who he is to you, what that means for everyday life. Um, Because I think even in today's contemporary culture, and even though everyone is all about, you know, we're we're postmodern and we're like story is so important, everyone still thinks like, oh, well, no, when you talk about God, that just has to be some formal experience, or you have to be a pastor, or you have to be a theologian. And so you guys are going to say, nope, that's not true. And so... Um, let's go ahead. I want to start just by getting to know each of you a little bit and talk about um, your experience growing up, your experience with faith, and kind of really when you would say and how you would say you came to a relationship with Christ. What did that look like for you? Well, I um, I grew up in going to church with my mom and my sister and attended pretty much every Sunday. Uh, and then for me, when it kind of became real um, was when I was at a conference in Portland, Oregon. It was a youth conference and uh, it was a night of worship and we were sitting there worshiping. It was called Midnight Praise because it was actually at midnight and uh, <laughs> sitting there it's worshiping. and to worship at midnight. Yes, exactly, exactly. And, uh, and um, I just closed my eyes and I got this picture of the you know, typical American Jesus with the long hair and the, you know, nice tan and everything uh, in my head. But 
the thought I had was this is uh, everything you've heard about him is true. Like this is real. And it was like those years of my mom taking me to church counted in that moment, you know, mm-hmm. and everything I'd heard uh, presented to me about the gospel before just was now from my head into my heart and, and became real. Cool. How about you, Joe? So I grew up as a preacher's daughter. And so uh, I went through the first 18 years of my life going to church every day and working in the nursery and singing in the choir and playing the piano Mm -hmm. because that's what you do. (laughs) But um, I never heard the gospel Hmm. the entire time. I never even heard it from my own father. And about 17 years ago, we had a couple that came to our home. They were going to talk to us about a business. And they walked up to my front door and my husband stood in the doorway because he was very anti-Christian. Mm-hmm. Actually, so was I at that point. Mm-hmm. And he uh, asked them a couple of questions before he let them in our house. And because of those questions, um, this couple went back to their car and put their business stuff back and brought a Bible back into our home. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, I, li- I heard the gospel. And for two hours during that gospel, I bawled. Oh, wow. <laughs> because Amazing. it was the first time I felt like I was coming home. Hmm. So that's wow. how ours happened. <laughs> wow. wow, that's pretty cool. So so what? Um, let's talk a little bit about this, because I think both of your stories show how, you know, first of all, um, understanding the gospel and being in a relationship with Jesus Christ clearly based on both of your experiences is not just about how much you know or where you've hung out or what you know what kind of uh you know training you've had or whatever um what how have your own experiences turned into all of a sudden deciding that this is something I'm really passionate about this is something I think is so important that I want to invest a significant amount of my time in exploring this path towards Christ with other people? It's a great question. For uh, for me, it's actually um, kind of rewinding a little bit before I had that moment at that, you know, midnight worship was um, the first night I stepped into youth group and I walked up to our church building. There was glass doors in the front, and I could see in, and everyone was there already. And I was new. I was walking up, and I was scared to death because I was like, "What's you know, what's going to happen when I walk in? Is anyone going to notice me?" They were playing a game, and I walked in and just kind of sheepishly stood off to the side. And um, one of the most powerful moments in my life was a youth pastor. He turned and like noticed me, turned, ran over to me said, Hey, I'm Ryan. And he brought me in and he included me in the game. And I just think about that moment all the time. If that didn't happen, or I stood there and I got embarrassed or anything was different about that moment, what would the trajectory of my life have been? And, um, but because he noticed me and saw me, um, I felt safe. I felt excited to be there. I wanted to be there. I wanted to come back. Uh, and then that ended up leading to eventually be going to that conference. And so I think for me, that's what I'm so passionate about with, with Alpha is um, not is those people who are coming into our church building who are scared. They don't know what Alpha is. They're, they're nervous. Maybe they have a most likely have a negative connotation with the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're putting themselves on the line, walking in the door 
And so I think about that moment. Can we make those moments over and over again every single night and noticing them, welcoming them in, surprising them in different ways of like they're expecting us to preach at them. And instead we're asking them questions out of generous curiosity. Mm-hmm. And I see their shoulders drop and like, oh, you actually do care what I what I <laughs> mm-hmm. have to say. And and so I, I think that was probably the most implemental moment in my life that I try and recreate over and over for others. Yeah. So for me – that moment was when a couple was willing uh, willing to become very real with us. Hmm. There was no hiding. There was no pretending. There was there was authentic desire to build a relationship with us, and it was through that relationship that God was able to get into a couple of pretty hard hearts in both hmm. my husband and I. Hmm. And begin to work on what that love looked like. And that was life changing. Mm-hmm. For someone to be willing to uh, get into the dirty of life with you is, it sets an example of what Christ was willing to do with his disciples. Mm-hmm. He was willing to get dirty with them. It wasn't some this aloof stand back and mm-hmm. preach at you kind of thing. It was day to day life. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we used to joke about all the time is that when uh, the gospel was shared with us, they forgot to show us the fine print at the bottom of that contract. (laughs) Because life can get difficult. Mm -hmm. God is going to challenge you. He's going to stretch you in ways that you can never imagine. Mm -hmm. But having someone that is there, that is willing to step through that with you, Mm -hmm. is is where the change happens. Yeah. And it's that transformation that they gave from us to from them to us and then mm-hmm. us to others mm-hmm. is where you see God repeating that miracle of mm-hmm. hearts being open to who he is and to his truth. Yeah. So tell us, both of you, what this looks like, because to me, especially like post pandemic now, get no one's getting dirty with anyone we're basically we're binge watching five shows a piece we work probably too much we go to costco or do our other little like you know whatever groupy things or the routines that we're so used to we go into our homes or our apartments or whatever and just live life with the small little people the small existences we have this concept of like community and let's all be with our neighbors and be all about everyone's business like just no one is doing that so how do we break that barrier be inviters and and then kind of to that point what are some of the barriers that you've seen people who are away from the faith non-christians what are some of those barriers that they're going to put up right away and what does it look like to go after those with relationship all right, I'll, I'll keep going. I, I feel bad going first every time, but I'll, I'll jump in. Um, so I think the, the beauty of the fact that everyone is stuck in their basement and, and not stuck, but choosing <laughs> to stay in their basement and watch Netflix and all this stuff is that when they get out and they experience a little bit of community, it is like life-changing mm. for them. And I'm seeing that over and over again. And at the end of every alpha course that we run, people are saying, I've never experienced community like this. Mm-hmm. And that's because this is the culture that we're in. No one is really in authentic uh, community. The church is striving to do that and is doing that well in areas, but um, people outside the church are not. Mm -hmm. And 
Um, I mean, that's a general statement, I will say, but I realize that. But um, so when they experience community, it's like food to their soul and mm-hmm. they're just, they can't get enough of it. They mm-hmm. want more. They don't want, you know, our alpha courses to end. They, and so community kind of spawns off from that. And um, everyone has connotations. Everyone has connotations about Christians and the church. And so I think our um, our job like Jesus did is to surprise them, surprise them with, uh, you know, their, their connotations are, are not coming, you know, out of nowhere. They're mm-hmm. coming from negative experiences or coming from poor relationships or coming from all sorts of stuff. And so, but if you look at Jesus in his, in his time, the people he was meeting with, you know, were, had negative connotations because of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, and being treated poorly and, and all that stuff. And Jesus surprised him with a new type of, uh, gospel message. And so I think um, the same is tr- still true today, that um, there's a lot of negative connotations out there because of poor things that have happened to people. Um, mm-hmm. And But the real true gospel is a, is a great message. And so if we, can, um, if we can surprise them by, like I said, asking them questions, being curious about what they have to say, not just wanting them to hear what we have to say, but mm-hmm. get to know them first. Um, mm-hmm. Our one thing we say all the time in our alpha is our goal is to win the person, not the argument. So mm-hmm. if we can win the person, they'll keep coming back and eventually they'll hear the gospel message and, and all that sort of stuff. But if we win the argument night one, we might never see anyone ever okay. again. So I recently saw this little video clip and it was a series of uh, moments when children were opening up a present mm-hmm. and they opened up the present and one of them was a piece of fruit, but you would have thought that this child was receiving a bar of gold. <laughs> child was just off the charts with excitement. <laughs> and that's what we have to have in our hearts. Mm-hmm. We have to realize that we have been given the ultimate gift of, of forever. Mm-hmm. That him dying on that cross was for us. Mm-hmm. And that is the greatest gift that we can ever receive. Mm-hmm. But the second greatest miracle that we see is when he does that to someone else and we get to witness it. And so as we move intentionally towards believers, non-believers, those that are interested, those that have a desire and they don't know what it is, Mm -hmm. we have to make sure that that we remember how amazing that gift was that we received because Mm -hmm. that's going to show that they're going to hear it in our voices they're going to see it in our faces, that excitement, that passion that we have for our Father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, and you do it moving towards that person out of love mm-hmm. and out of compassion and consideration, it gives them an opportunity to feel comfortable being around you. And then you get the opportunity to listen mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. Because it's what you said is true. Mm-hmm. It's not about getting their theology out mm-hmm. right now. But we don't just do it when we're at church. Mm-hmm. With with the our construction company, every time we go into someone's home, whether they're a believer or not, we're either there to glorify God 
or share the gospel mm -hmm. because he's the one that displaced us really. where or both. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really, yeah, both. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yeah. he's the one that's placed us there. It's all on purpose. None of it is coincidence. There's a reason he has us wherever we are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's for us to be intentional and take that opportunity to do what it is that you've been talking about. Yeah. Okay. I'd love both of you to share some ideas for how people can initiate relationships. Because one, I mean, if they can find something like nearby in their city or whatever, like a an Alpha or a Christianity Explored, it's a great thing to be an inviter to those things. And of course, it's even better if you're going to join them in the journey and, mm -hmm. and be part of that and be a support. But what about, what are some other ways to just naturally start relationships? Um, things that you've seen that people are like, oh, you know, people really gravitate towards this especially, you know, coming out of isolation and whatnot. Um, and then how do we do that? How do we incorporate people into our lives, um, fun things that we do, whatever, without making them feel like projects, <laughs> without being yeah. like, okay, let me have you over for dinner three times, but then we're going to start on the gospel <laughs> and right. you need to just listen to me. All you right. know, it's just tricky. All right. Well, first of all, don't do that. Um, <laughs> second of all, oh, okay, uh, yeah, wait a yeah, don't yeah. do that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, looking for opportunities. Um, so, one, I'd encourage people have a quick prayer that you just say when you need it. You know, like have one ready in your pocket all the time. Mine is come Holy Spirit. That's what you know. It's a prayer that the church has been praying for ever, forever. But it's just when I need it, and I'm like, oh man, what am I going to do in this situation? I just, I just pray it. Uh, second is. Look for opportunities um, for uh, invitation to your home. If you have if you have a house, if you have some place you can invite people to. So, um, I have two neighbors that I've invited to Alpha. Both of them became Christians at Alpha, which is amazing. Uh, one is now moving; the other one's moving in a year, and I'm looking forward not to them moving, but I'm going to have <laughs> new neighbors to then slowly start to get to know again. And like, mm -hmm. and and both of those neighbors came to Alpha because we had them over for dinner multiple times, and it was probably the third or fourth time of having them over for dinner that I invited them to Alpha, and I didn't rush anything, but I waited until I had some relational equity with them. And then I invited them to Alpha. And so it's the same with sharing the gospel message is, is like, don't share it until they're ready to hear it. And they're not ready to hear it until they trust you. And they just, you need time with people. And so, um, that if you want a good, uh, quick way to get into conversation with people is questions, ask them about themselves. Mm -hmm. Tattoos are great. If you mm -hmm. see someone's tattoo, say, <laughs> Hey, that's an awesome mm -hmm. tattoo. Is there a story behind that? And mm -hmm. there's usually a story behind it and it gets them talking about themselves. You'd be curious about them and everyone can ask questions about people and be curious about people. Mm -hmm. And everyone wants to be asked questions about themselves and wants to talk about themselves. Yeah. And so just look for opportunities to do that. This is something I would say. It's so funny you mentioned that because here's another um, topic that I found is a super entree, uh, death. So... Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. like legit when my, I had my mom living with me the last few years of her life. And when she died, all of a sudden my neighbors are like, how did you navigate that? Like, how was, you know, what does grief look like? What is, you know, and I had the opportunity to just start talking and being very real about, you know, I had one guy who just said, it just seemed like you had so much peace about that. And I was yeah. like, oh my goodness, well, let me tell you about, you know, what that was like. And of course, so many other um, folks, neighbors and others are either, you know, caring for parents mm -hmm. or some way in the mess of their own families yes. and stuff. And so being, I mean, I think that speaks to where you guys were, um, uh, in my first question of just talking about the power of vulnerability yes. and being like, start with your own, mm -hmm. you know, mishaps and mess ups and stuff. And that's a good, 
good place. But yeah. yeah. Uh, I think another thing you have to ask yourself is your why. Mm. If, if your motive is to check an item off of a list mm-hmm. or, you know, I became a Christian today, so now I have to make sure I share the gospel with three <laughs> mm-hmm. people every week. And if you come at it that way, then the person you're talking to is going to know it. Mm-hmm. Now you're an agenda item. Mm-hmm. And people are really good at reading other oh, yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even more so now, because the way our times are today, the way we are with social media, people are very in tune to what's being said to them. Mm-hmm. So you need to start with where's your heart first. Mm -hmm. And then um, once you've moved from that, and actually by checking your own heart, you're going to put yourself in the correct frame of mind as well. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not just for their benefit. It's also for your own. Mm -hmm. And then once that happens, one of the things that um, I'm very intentional about doing is looking for opportunity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it can be anywhere. Um, some places will be more obvious, like your neighbors, mm-hmm. because you're going to see them. You have the opportunity to see them every day is what I should say. Mm-hmm. But your neighbors are your quickest, shortest, most immediate. I'll call it an audience mm-hmm. for the sake of quickness mm-hmm. to share the gospel with. Mm-hmm. And what better person to get to know than your own neighbor? Mm-hmm. What better way to start creating a friendship th- th- than with your own neighbor? Yep. Mm-hmm. And then once you've developed that relationship, because I agree with you, developing the relationship is key yeah. before you can invite them to anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, it's just like being invited to a Tupperware party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have to go to one of those again. <laughs> yeah. Nobody yeah. wants, it. Nobody yeah, wants to go to one of those. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's funny because, you know, I think maybe as we finish here, we just have, you know, like a minute or, or two here. Um, the whole idea of I think another thing that's super comforting for us as believers is the fact that this is not our thing to accomplish. I mean, the fact that God has invited us to be a part of it, but really... Yeah. God knows who he's drawing to himself. He's not like, you know, oh, Lisa, tell me, who should I save today? I mean, I don't have to, like, fill him in on stuff. So the fact that we really just are here to share the hope that is in us, and he's doing the work. You know, it's not—I used to think, like— if I just found a way to share that more cleverly or with a better illustration or maybe put a joke in or something, (laughs) it's like, you know, that's like ridiculous. So um, just as we close, give some encouragement to the person. And actually, those of you listening who actually don't know Jesus as your Savior, Mm -hmm. I know that you're out there. You might be like, "Um, what is this insider info? (laughs) But the fact is, we're really just trying to say like, God did this in my life, and oh my word, I want everyone to know about yeah. this, including you, listener. Um, so that's cool. But give some encouragement to the person uh, just along the lines of like, wow, we can we can chill and be encouraged because God's moving along on this, and uh, this isn't something that we have to, you know, muster up the, the right words for in that sense. How has that played out for you? Yeah. It's fun having people over for dinner, mm-hmm. and it's fun getting to know new people and and have relationship with people and so have fun with it like mm-hmm. have don't like you said i mean we've, we've kind of been skirting around this but don't just like do it just to you know so you can check another 
soul off your list or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Like, do it to have fun and get to know your neighbor. Invite them over because community's fun and Mm -hmm. get to know someone because it's fun hearing someone else's story and and ask them questions and enjoy the process. And then when the time comes, it and maybe you'll just know, all right, this is the time to, to say something or share something. Or maybe they'll come knocking on your door and say, look, I've been seeing you and I'm having this crisis in my life right now, and and now I need to ask you some questions, and maybe that'll happen. But just just have fun with the process of getting to know someone and Mm -hmm. and being hospitable, and Mm -hmm. and, yeah. Uh, My suggestion would be that if you're looking for a way to start sharing the gospel with others, then get involved with something that does that. Mm -hmm. So get involved with a Christianity Explored program. Get involved with an Alpha program. Mm -hmm. I know that for Christianity Explored, we have – we go through trainings mm-hmm. and we have you come and sit, not to do anything actively, but to to watch and witness mm-hmm. and learn and grow in what it means to share the gospel with someone else. Mm-hmm. So that would be my suggestion. Yeah. yeah. Well, and almost the unspoken thing is, too, also, um, you have to actually be around non-Christians. <laughs> yeah. I think it's very easy for us to get so involved in churchy pursuits yeah. that all of a sudden we don't know our neighbors or we don't know, you know, our coworkers or yeah. even our own family members who don't know Christ. And so I think that's a, a great way. Again, living, yeah. there's a reason why the Holy Spirit is in us, y'all. That's you know, right. um, he's he will do the work and, and folks can see that. So good Good thoughts. You guys, thanks so much for weighing in on this. I really appreciate it. Um, Folks, I want you to know that I mentioned how on uh, the show before I've had Rico Tice. We want to make available to you for a gift of any amount to Boundless, a copy of his book, Honest Evangelism, How to Talk About Jesus Even When It's Tough. So if you go to boundless.org, just search for 751, this week's episode. And if you just click on the book cover there, you'll see um, anything that you can afford as a gift to Boundless, which you know you love already, um, then we will go ahead and send this book to you as our thank you to you for that. And so also a free resource that we have, and these are both linked on our site under the show notes, so you can check it out there. Um a free resource called coming home an invitation to join God's family. And that is our gift to you. Whether you want to read about that yourself, you're not sure if you know Jesus Christ or you know someone that you would love to gift this to, um, just get it in their hands. Make sure that you uh, get a copy of that as well. So awesome. Well, we'll resource you with whatever we can.
All right, folks, it is time for our inbox, and we have got my friend Josh back to answer this week's question, um, which is a church one, and I know he's very involved in not only his church in general, but also specifically with young adults there, so I always appreciate your expertise. Welcome, Josh. Oh, thanks, Lise. Cool. Okay, well, this person, they are totally trying to feel connected within their church, and we all know the dramas of small group quandaries, Sunday school Mm -hmm. classes, I want to get invested in this, but not too invested, because what if these people are crazy? So let me go ahead and read this question, and I'm going to have you take a stab at it. Um, Our listener says, I've been a member of my church for five years, and I'm struggling to feel connected. I'm 33, and the singles group primarily has people at different life stages. I attended another class with couples in a 50-plus age range for a long time. I've made good friends in that class, but they're more like a second set of parents to me. I'm a busy professional, so I don't have a lot of time to socialize outside of work and church. Should I look for another church with a more comprehensive singles group or just stick it out? Yeah, I think it's super hard uh, when you're not feeling connected because you want to find your people. Mm -hmm. You want to find your community that encourages you. And if you're at a Bible-believing church that is faithfully preaching the word and you're like, there's not good reasons to leave— but you're longing for something. That's a that is a tough question. So I feel that for um, this particular uh, writer. The the thing that I've seen is that you have to keep your priorities straight, right? So you could find great community in an unhealthy church uh, or one that's not as faithful to the scriptures, and you can f- you could find people your age and 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 that's a, a good priority to find that community, and then you can go the other extreme and say, all I care about is the teaching of the word and I'm not investing in community. I'm disconnected. Mm. And so I I think some of the answer to this question is just making sure you have right priorities. And if there are multiple good churches in a community and you can say in in good conscience, I'm going to a place, it's not just solely out of um, consumeristic entertainment that I want, um, but I want to hear the word of God taught to me. I want to be challenged in my faith. I want to be pressed on to to grow in in the Lord, and I can do that just across the street and also have community, I think that's okay. That's totally fine. Um, but if you have to sacrifice your, the teaching of the Word or or a healthy uh, submitting to authority of, God, of God's pastorate of that local church just to get friendship, I would say that's probably the wrong thing to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So keep the priorities in the right order, um, but know that you have freedom— in the Lord, that if it's not sin, if it's not foolish, yeah, move forward and and find that community that works for you. Yeah, it's interesting because I often hear from single young adults who will say, and they never like it, that they feel like they're just hopping from church to church Mm -hmm. to find this like magical formula. And I tend to think like, yeah, dig in where you are for the teaching, the community, the accountability, an opportunity to serve, Mm -hmm. an opportunity to give. I'm a big fan of church membership if Mm -hmm. your church has it, so go for it. Um, But I don't think, I've never talked to a pastor of, say, a smallish church or one that doesn't have a huge singles group and heard them say, oh, I don't want any of my single people ever attending anything at another church. (laughs) I mean, that's a great opportunity. Like, find out what other churches in your city Mm -hmm. maybe have young adult groups or have a weekly uh, weeknight Bible study Mm -hmm. or something. You can, you know, diversify your options in that sense without being unfaithful to your church. And so, um, you know, sometimes it just takes broadening the net or straight up like i say with people who want to date yo um 
ask people to recommend people. Like, mm-hmm. help me find some friends, people. Do you know mm-hmm. people who know people who are quality people, who love the Lord, who just want to be in community? And, you know, don't be ashamed to, to go after it. I think that's a good idea. And be the gatherer. Be the gatherer yeah. of people. Mm-hmm. I've, I, interestingly, the church I'm at now, the young adult community up until a year ago um, was dismal. I would have said maybe a half a dozen. Mm. And now it's going on 60. And I think that's just because people stuck it out. Mm-hmm. So give it enough time that, you know, you can be the draw and, and, and seek people out to start that community yourself. Yeah, great thoughts for that. So thanks so much, Josh. Absolutely. All right, folks, um, that is it for this week's show. And you know, uh, one thing I often like to encourage you to do is if you are, whether you're a new listener to the show or maybe you've been around a while, if you would be willing to hop to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review, that is how folks hear about the show and are willing to give it a listen. So if there's something on the show that's been meaningful to you, mention it in a review. Uh, Talk about how Boundless has been helpful for you or how you just think it's a fun break in your week. And um, maybe it'll encourage someone else to give it a try as well. All right. I will see you around next week. I'm Lisa Anderson for The Boundless Show. The Boundless Show is a production of Boundless.org. Focus on the family. Do you ever wonder what it was like to meet Jesus face to face? The miracles, the teachings, the long-awaited Messiah in the flesh. It's all in a new novel by Focus on the Family called The Chosen, I Have Called You by Name. Based on the hit streaming series, immerse yourself in first century Galilee. Experience the Savior through the eyes of his followers. You'll want to dive deeper into scripture with every page turn. Learn more about The Chosen novel at focusonthefamily.com slash chosen. That's focusonthefamily.com slash chosen.